that was romantic, right? <clears throat> Passionate, yeah. No, Brody, that was too little too late. Too little? You said it was a good size. The effort, you retard. The effort was too little too late. But now that you mention it, when a girl says it's a good size, it's a nice way of saying that it's small. Hey! Come on, you fuckers! Think that just because a guy reads comics, he can't start some shit? I'll fucking take all you want! Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. 面白い本と足ポッドキャストの今週のエピソードへようこそ。each week, a motley band of comic readers slash amateur bard tenders attempt to pair cocktails with comic books. 毎週漫画の読書のザッタラバンドはスラッシュアマチュアニューサスシオート漫画とピアコクテルバーです。All while trying to not sound like complete morons in the process. すべての中にしようとして音ではないような完了プロセスで低能です。インスタグラムやタンブラーにこれらのバカを検索できます。なお、ユリトミニコミックス。ウェナジョインブライアン、キュー、アダム、エンタッド。我々ニコン、サンカブライアン、キュー、アダムとトト。アイムトゥソーバ
sound like a waterfall for a second. It was really funny. Uh, okay. Well, th that's because you guys literally sound like you're at the bottom of a well. And oh. you guys are talking about time travel. I'm like, oh my god, they actually are going through time. <laughs> <laughs> we are all time lords. We are tired. We are hungover. Okay, take that back. I'm a time lady. You're a time lady. Uh, or time dame. I'm a lady. So, uh, the time lord. Time dame extraordinaire we have, Adam. Yay! Hey, check me out over on BigShinyRobot.com. Doing movie reviews there as well as with uh, Andy Wilson over on Board as Hell Podcast. Uh, we're getting close to the award season, which means we're going to get a bunch of dramas of people that are full of acting because they want to reward themselves with more gold. Actually, have so. you ever watched the show Adam Ruins Everything? Oh, yeah, it's like Penn and Teller's bullshit for yeah. a normal Did you cable. see the one about uh, about uh, winning an Oscar? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it's true. It's 100% true. Oh, no, completely. Like, and I didn't realize it was a thing until I moved to California, and then you would literally see advertisements for people to get awards, and you're like, oh, shit, that's a thing. Okay, that's really interesting. Yeah, well, the nice thing is, is my work, you know, we're, we're entering the holiday season, which, even though it's still months away, it's prep starts now. And my life just goes to shit for months at a time. So the nice thing is this year is uh, they're going to send me uh, screening copies of movies. So nice. I'm actually able to watch all the Oscar bait from the comfort of my own home. Nice. And not to worry about it when I'm working my 14-hour shifts that I'm missing something. I, I had a friend who was a, a child stunt star. She was a gymnast. And she was a stunt actor when she was a kid. And she was still part of... Like, she only ever paid her dues for the actor union so that she could still get the free videos. And so she would just get, like, the Oscar bait stuff sent to her so she could rehearse from them. And we have a very special guest with us this week. We have the Mr. to Adam. We have Eddie, whose last name I can't remember off the top of my head, but you don't have to use your last name anyway, because I never use my last name. Just Eddie. Hey, guys. Okay, that's Eddie. Do you have anything you want to promote, Tim? Nothing to promote. I'm the, one, I, I'm the one who's always sitting on the couch listening to music or trying to watch TV when Adam's over here doing this with you guys. <laughs> hey, to be fair, I go... Or drinking room. by myself. Oh. Don't drink it by yourself. To be fair, Adam, you were saying? I do go to the room. Okay. It's like being put in the corner for the podcast. Yeah, I lock him in the room. No one puts Adam in the corner. Except for our host. I'm Brian. I'm from uh, California, typically. And uh, for the next 48 hours, I am uh, in California. Uh, so yeah, so um, so yes, Comic Con is over. We're recovering, um, and uh, Q loved this book, so it could be a very interesting episode, kids. I'm just giving you the heads up. Yeah. We should go see a movie tomorrow. Oh, maybe it's off, so and cool. I can get us in. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, sweet. Um, oh, that's right. Tomorrow's a holiday. Um, I also <laughs> my mom is being like, you have to teach your dad how to use it. I Apple Watch. She bought him an Apple Watch as like a birthday present, and he doesn't know how to use it. Thank you. You come back to me from space time. Can I you deal? Can, I can deal. Y'all just sound super crazy, so. Well, we are crazy anyway. <laughs> I, it literally sounds like you guys are at some far distant planet. But yeah, it, it seriously was this weird echo. I could have sworn I was hearing colors. <laughs> it was weird. What was in that first beer you had during the last episode? Rathnol, which is my cocktail for the week. <laughs> okay, dokie. So this week we are doing The Pro, um, which was a recommendation from Todd. So Todd, do you want to give us a, uh, a, a non-spoiler preview of this? Other than, like, it's about a five-sentence preview, really. So it's a parody on the classic superhero trope. You have a person granted superpowers and expected to, to do good, except this is a 
worn, used out Kokor. And okay. silliness as the Sues. Okay. So that's uh, that's about as straightforward as it's gonna get. Um, yeah. Any, any anything else to add before we uh, go do our little break and uh, do an ad for uh, Grandma Spot Remover? That shit works. That shit does work. Kyo, you got anything? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so we're gonna take a little break now through the modern mind, through the magic of modern technology. You can pause this, uh, and we will wait for you. And then when you're done reading it, if you choose to read it, it might not be for everybody. Apparently, it wasn't for Q. Uh, and keep in mind, this is an incredibly dirty book. Uh, so it's not for kids. No, no. Yeah, no. not for kids. So mm. not for kids. I mean, really, I don't feel like kids should be listening to a show where we're promoting alcoholic beverages either. But whatever. That should be. Well, to be fair, if you if you did let your kids watch Deadpool and you had a very blunt conversation about what pegging is, then maybe you could let your kids read this. Yeah, if you had that blunt conversation about pegging, though. Um, and not showed, for and, Mormons. And showed the instructional video. Yes. So anyway, uh, if you want to watch an instructional video about pegging, you can look that up. Go on to your, Big Shot. No. <laughs> go to AdamsHomeVideos.com. Um, <laughs> But, uh, Watch, that's probably a real thing. It probably really is. It's probably horrible, and I apologize for it. Um, and I posted my colonoscopy video there. Nice. Ooh. Speaking of retinol, they give you that afterwards. Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> no, they do. That's what makes no, sense. No, no, okay, so I got up with a tube up your ass. So oddly enough, oh. I do have a horrible colonoscopy story. Sometimes you do want to be awake when there's a tube up your ass, but that's not the time. Yeah. No, so, um, so when I was in school, I was having lots of stomach problems. It turned out I just had a really shitty girlfriend who was giving me fits. But that's a totally different issue. But so <laughs> they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me, so they were like, well, maybe, you know, because I just have having stomach problems and whatnot. So they decided to do a colonoscopy. So you have to take that medication that basically cleans you out. That's the worst part. Yeah, well, so the thing about it was is that the instructions said, drink this with, like, drink this with clear liquid and whatever. They didn't say drink the whole bottle. I just drank the dosage that they gave me, which did not clean me out as much as it should have, right? I have never seen a more angry doctor than when I woke up after that rehypnol dream goes, you're cleansed, it was not good. Like it was this Indian guy, oh, he was pissed. He was so mad. And I kind of felt bad, but I also kind of thought, ah. Um, so. so if we're going on colonoscopy stories. <laughs> so this is the colonoscopy podcast. Brought to you by doctors. Uh, and grab a spot remover. That, that shit works. The rule is, you know, you wake up and you go in for a colonoscopy and you can't drink anything. Like, you know, don't even like, don't even like brush your teeth, basically. They don't want to have anything inside you. Uh, so we'll just say that a, a family member had to go in for his colonoscopy and in the morning before, like about an hour before, he's like, well, I'm going to have a cup of coffee for before I go in. They, that's, that'll be fine. Oh, I know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was not me. Uh, anyway, so this person goes and gets colonoscopy done and he wakes up in the recovery room and the first thing the doctor says was, did you enjoy your coffee this morning? <laughs> that's see, sadly a relative on my side of the family. <laughs> I don't that one. So. But no, it was, just, it was funny because we, we actually were having a conversation about you know waking up from uh, surgery and you'll you say weird things when you come out from the anesthesia. And so I went in for mine, and like, I never even met the doctor who was doing the procedure until literally 30 seconds before he comes in. He's like, hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm just taking the chew up your ass. Uh, <laughs> I'll see you in about half an hour. I'm like, all right, he's like, oh, when, it, when they give you the uh, the anesthesia, you might like you know feel a brief sting, because I had an IV in earlier. And so they, they put it in. Like, I, you can feel like you know some kind of weird one in my veins. And I was like, you know, three seconds go by. I'm like, this isn't doing anything. My mouth tastes funk. <laughs> and then I woke up talking about Rescue Rangers. Well, why wouldn't you, obviously? So, but yeah, that was... Um, 
Yeah, and then, yeah, after that, I came back with a clean bill of health and found out that people were assholes and didn't wash their hands before they maybe did it one time. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, this was also the episode. We'll have to go back to this, but I promised to talk about the uh, the stripper flower. Mm-hmm. Q was going to tell his hooker story. Was there another horrible story? I've got the, when we talked about hooker, how to uh, haggle for blowjob prices. Okay, so stay tuned after we come back from the break. <laughs> you have all those lovely things in store. So uh, even if you didn't enjoy the book or didn't want to read the book at all, uh, there are some entertaining stories and thank coming you up. for prostitutes everywhere, this is a free podcast. We don't charge for this. That's true. So we're going to give life-saving lessons. You know what? Just like a hooker with a heart of gold, we give ourselves for free. We have that heart of gold we give up ourselves for free. But what about a hooker with a clit of jade? You know what? I've never run into her. That sounds painful, though, actually. Well, for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> And Q remarkably has nothing to add to this conversation. No. No. <laughs> I, I saved all my 20,000 words of the day for this one, because I've used, I've used more than 20,000 over the last couple days, but yeah. I've saved it because I'm going to be the chatty one this time. Oh, well, and, unless we get Q started. Uh, so... Cool, we're gonna go on a little break, we're gonna do our shots dance. Shot, um, shot, shot, shot. And then we'll be back. So, here you go, kids. If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. It's stuck in my head. I fucking hate you. What is that? That was specifically done just for uh, my, my loving husband, Eddie, or our good friend, Jeremiah. It is entrance it's music for entrance a music WWE for wrestler, for Bobby, Bobby Roode. And Rude. it gets stuck in his damn head every time he hears it. So this morning at the hotel, we're just waking up, and I'm, I, I'm up and showered, ready to go. And Eddie's like, Mars. I'm like, hey, Jeremiah. He's like, what? Because he was there, too. I'm like, glorious. <laughs> he's like, god damn it. <laughs> um, so Q... I mm-hmm. took a clip of you saying bum 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 and I cut it out and I am going to make it into a ringtone so every time I get a text message from you it's going to be you going bum 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 you should give it to all of us I will I, actually I can probably oh, I don't know if I can make them for Todd but uh, what do you need to do a ringtone on your phone because you're a droid MP3 okay so I can send it or you do one of our shot stamps I can do that as well that'd be fun <laughs> I, can do, I can do a couple ringtones so we can knock those out pretty easily Anyway, we are back uh, from the, uh, we are back from the break, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is when we do crazy weird uh, accents and Q goes, what the hell is going on? And Q is a, prof- as a professional, like, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. Q was like, didn't you take voice class in college? Why don't you do, in, like, stuff better? Seriously. What are you doing? I, yeah, no. <laughs> I only took beginning voice because I figured out that you only had to do an advanced acting class. It was the only advanced acting class that the only prerequisite was acting one. So I just took that class, so that got my advanced acting credit, so I never actually had to act on stage. That's how I ended up getting out of that. That's the only reason I took that class. But the, I loved voice class. I oh, was great. Right. I was lucky enough to take her, um, our voice teacher Adrian, who I believe is still at USU. Oh, you know who? She's the she's the head of the department now. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes, I am Adrian. Not. Yeah, she she That's replaced. Uh, Colin left, and there was somebody else in the inter- uh, intermediate, and then Adrian took over, and uh, she's all now awesome. like, yeah, so she's kicking ass out there. 
So I, I love, love her. Uh, so from New Zealand, husband from Alabama, living in Utah, their kids had some fucked up accents. Oh, they did? Fortunately <laughs> enough for her, she's a voice teacher and could teach them how to say words that didn't sound super weird. Well, yeah, um, you, you think, think South African's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I loved her. I she started the same year that I started, and so mm-hmm. I took all of her classes from the beginning. And that's probably some of the best advice for like acting stuff and voice I've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, she was she was fucking awesome. So yeah. Um, nah, I, I won't go. It's pretty sad. So never mind. I was yeah. Moving on. You're not gonna tell a sad story. Well, all right. So, um, so for whatever reason, it just kind of came up, and um, I'm gonna be going to Florida in in two weeks, but not for but not for fun. Um, My very first theater teacher, Jim Carpenter, died um, died a few weeks ago, and so uh, me and my friend Ben are going down to his celebration of life, and um, you know, just just thinking about. Um, Carp and all of the other amazing teachers and not so amazing teachers that I've had over the years. Um, so just talking about Adrian, sorry, I just brought that up. And, yeah. And now, you know the other weird one? Richie Call is a professor up there. No, yeah, I know. Who was I? It might have been me. So, you know, like, who still teaches there? Um, and I was like, you know, I was there in like the early 2000s. She was like, oh, so you probably know Adrian and Sean. I was like, yeah, Sean was there for like, I think only two years that I was there. And, uh, and uh, she was like, oh, did, did, you, did you know Richie? And I'm like, yeah, I I actually went to school with him. And she was like, oh, he's a teacher there now. And I'm like, that's so freaking weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, Richie just got cast. They're doing a regional premiere of um, uh, Sting's yeah, musical I, I saw Last that. Ship. Very cool. Yeah, he's going to be in that, which is cool. So, Richie anyway. introduced me to a gnome spot. Oh, that's right, the gnome spot that Richie used to do. Thank you, Richie. Did you ever see oh, that? What? He would show you his gnome's butt, which would basically mean he would unzip his pants and hold his ball sack together so it looked like a gnome's butt, and then so basically you would find yourself being like, what's a gnome's butt? And you're like, oh, I've seen Richie's balls. Okay, that's how that goes. That was a big thing in my college, too, except it was the brain. The brain, yeah, the brain. I never had that happen, so I guess that's a straight dude thing. It 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 is. I met him first 30 minutes of meeting the guy. (laughs) He says, ever seen a gnome's butt? And I'm like, holy shit, this guy is something else. You know the funny thing is, I know there are some people who go to school there who are like at least aware of this podcast. I hope that this goes out there and be like, hey, so Professor Richie, uh, I heard you're showing off your ball sack to people within the first 30 minutes of meeting them. No, no I hope the guys go up to him and ask him what a gnome's butt is. And this episode will be where we get our first season assistant. Um, but, uh, but no, I even did a show with him when we were like backstage and stuff, and he never did. Never did that we didn't never did the gnome we did um uh what was that show taming of the shrew together oh yeah with the jungle gym set yes and the the stairs that led to nowhere and the fact that i had to bleach my hair out back to blonde and then they put me in a hat for the whole fucking show so it really didn't matter (laughs) (laughs) that's okay at least you weren't like in the 10th grade and had to spend three hours in makeup for old old age makeup (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Old age makeup. Um, Old age makeup. I had to dye Which, my hair silver every single day. It was annoying. I knew a kid when we were in high school who actually shaved his head so like he had like bald on top and the fringe on the side. Like he shaved his head in high school to look like that. And I was like, 
that's cool and all, but I would be paranoid it wouldn't grow back. <laughs> like, I would be really worried about that. Wow. So, anyway. Oh, we, we read a book this week. We did read a book this but week. We are also, we are tired, we are hungover, um, and we probably feel a lot like the main character in this book. As, uh, so this is the book. And in I, the, I, I would hope we didn't feel that way. I hope, yeah, well, you never She's know. She's like, Dad, <laughs> anybody want to dance? She's not that sad of a prostitute. Dad! She's a little world-weary. Um, I just noticed that her knees are skinned. Oh, that's horrible. Warning. You're entering spoiler territory. Don't say I didn't warn you. Okay, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, this is uh, this is written by Garth Ennis. Um, this was after The Preacher, which we've read before, but before uh, the series The Boys, which we've discussed before. Um, which, uh, yeah, so, um, and actually, oddly enough, Q will not believe this at all, because I know how much he loved this book. This was four years after he won the Eisner Award for Best Writer, which I just thought was funny. Um, and then, uh, and then it's, the artist is by, um, Amanda Connor, who is, uh, uh, an American comic book illustrator. She's also married to the inker Jimmy Palamito? Palamato? Palamati. Q? Palamati? Okay, thank you. Oh, uh, um, no, uh, sorry. Pal- Palmiati. Sorry. Palmiati. Um, and so, just this last year, in 2015, she was actually voted as the number two top female card comic artist of all time. And for those of you not familiar with her work, but are uh, familiar with the TV show The Big Bang Theory, um, there was an episode from last year um, called The Perspiration Implementation... Implantate... Im, fuck. Uh, <laughs> implementation... Im, fuck, you know what I'm saying. Um, anyway, implant... I can't say it. Implementation? Yes, thank you. There we go. Thank um, you, Adam. Where uh, they're having a conversation where uh, Stuart is asking how to get more women in the comic book store, and uh, Mayan Bialik points to an illustration hanging on the side of the wall, it's, uh, which which is a girl on the leash, uh, girl on a leash uh, image, and it says, "Well, that might not be too super conducive to bringing in female customers." That was actually drawn by this artist, which is kind of telling and interesting. Um, I will give you a brief parody before we get into uh, a brief parody, a brief introduction uh, or summary. Once again, like we did the last time, I think we'll just we'll give a brief introduction and then we will go into fight uh, mode. So, um, so this is a parody of mainstream comic book uh, superheroes. Um, it's the brief career of a prostitute who's given superhuman powers by the viewer. I'm sorry, he's called the viewer. I kept calling him the voyeur, but I think they make fun of him. They make fun of it. They keep it's a joke. Yeah, they get called the voyeur. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, he's a, he's a parody of the uh, the Watcher. Um, and so she joins um, a, the League of Honor, which is essentially a Justice League. Which is comprised of the Saint, who is essentially Superman, uh, Knight and Squire, who is essentially Batman and Robin, the Lady, who is essentially um, Wonder Woman, the Lime, who is essentially the Green Lantern, who is also a terribly uh, racist stereotype as well, and Speedo, who is sort of like the Flash. And together they fight a bunch of lackluster villains, such as the noun and the adverb, which is pretty funny. Um, until and so they fight together until her coarse language actions. Violence and retributions, and uh, the fact that she gave a blowjob to the saint result in her being expelled from the league, uh, which is also my favorite scenes because, of course, she gives a blowjob to the saint, and uh, when he shoots, he ends up shooting down an airplane. He scores! Uh, and we lost Q for a second, but I'll keep uh, plowing through on this because he'll rejoin us in a moment, hopefully. Um, and so she's expelled, and then she later rejoins to fight a terrorist attack, flying into space with a nuclear bomb, facing death. Um, and then we don't necessarily have to go into it in some of the other um, later issues. There's a secondary little book of the pro versus the hoe, um, <laughs> where uh, we end up having uh, um, her taking on a 
like a multi-armed woman. Yeah, multi-armed woman or something like that. And I, Q, do we have you back yes, yet? Yes, I'm here. Okay, thank God. So, and actually, interestingly enough, uh, just your summation brings me to to my drink. Uh, it should bring it to everybody's drinks. Yeah, some mm-hmm. flip the whole fucking show. But no, with, with the uh, when she when she gives the blowjob and you know, destroys the plane, it's called. Okay. Uh, I'm calling this the mighty cum shot. Okay. So we might have to edit this slightly on the on the Facebook page because that's naughty. Uh, no, but it's it's uh, an ounce of vanilla vodka, an ounce of Malibu coconut rum. Uh, you stir those together. Don't you know? Don't have to shake it. Just you know, stir it together, and then you dip a straw into a thing of half and half, and you add like two or three drops of half and half into it, mm-hmm. and it looks like a cum shot in a while. Okay, and it's tasty. It's tasty. Much tastier uh, than a real cum shot. Nice. Uh, so um, that will actually lead me to my drink since I'm here. We're talking about this. Um, I'm doing the blowjob shot, which is my first shot that I'm actually doing this. Uh, which the, I'm doing the version that I personally like. There's also another version with a coffee liqueur. Um, it's basically a half a shot glass. You take a shot glass, it's half butterscotch schnapps and then half Irish cream, and then you put a dollop of whipped cream on top of it. But part of what makes this the blowjob shot is you're supposed to not drink it with your uh, hands. You're supposed to basically pick it up off the table with just your mouth. Um, not quite the sound I was expecting when I said that, but thank you, Q. <laughs> I think Q just gave his commentary for the entire book in that one second soundbite. No, but so I was uh, I was working at a theater company in, in Connecticut, and one of the chorus boys uh, bought me a uh, a blowjob shot um, to you know try to be kind of sandals. Well, this this is it was a cheap cheap fucking bar, and so they had plastic shot glasses. So as I'm trying to grip the shot glass in my mouth to take this shot, I ended up cracking the plastic and basically <laughs> destroying the shot glass as I did it. I couldn't tell if he was horrified or turned on by that whole thing, um, but uh, that was my experience with a, a blowjob shot. So, the, my cocktail my cocktail for the week, mm-hmm. I'm going to call it the pro, and it's you pick a cocktail of your choosing <laughs> and put Rehepnol in it and hope to God you don't remember this book. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, having once been roofied by a creepy old gay dude, that's not funny. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Todd, do you want to give us your uh, your drink? Mine is the um, cracked up hoe. <laughs> you go to your bar, grab the first thing that's there, and take a hit. There you go. Yeah. It also hangs out. I should have just call mine the corner of 21st and State. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's what we'll call yours. We'll, we'll, we'll censor it up. We'll, we'll, we'll call it the corner of 21st of State. There we go. Uh, if anyone from the Watchtower is listening, you'll enjoy that. <laughs> oh, okay, so I, this is sad, but weird, but like, we were driving back from Comic-Con because we parked at the gateway. I had not realized what a homeless problem Salt Lake City had. It's like, my mom was driving me. Okay, so I also have to say about Comic-Con, the other thing that made this like such a weird flashback is my mom dropped me off most mornings. I felt like <laughs> it was so damn cliche that like, my mom is driving up and dropping me off to go to Comic-Con, like, okay, have fun, pack a lunch, see you later. But so, we were driving downtown one day, and she just started, like, going off on, like, the, the homeless problem. I was like, wow, mom's really bitter about this. Like, like is she getting to be cranky old woman? And then and then we were driving out, and I was like, oh, there's a shit ton of homeless people out here now. Yeah, that's because there's a shelter right there by the gateway yeah, now. Yeah, And that's where they all... And actually, what's funny is this actually segues perfectly into my story. So when I, my buddy Joey moved here, and I moved up here with him a couple months later. And we were downtown. There was at that time there were a bunch. You know, you've got like the trap and the complex and sound over by the the gateway. Mm-hmm. But there were some other clubs down there, and we were we were waiting for a friend to come pick us up. And we didn't know how bad a place Pioneer Park is after dark. Mm-hmm. And and this was again this was it's not a great place in the light. Okay. No, but this also was, this was ten years ago, so it's mm-hmm. much worse now. 
But we're just like, oh, we'll wait over here and sit on the bench and mm-hmm. wait for our friend to come pick us up. So we're sitting there, and this woman walks over, and, and she's acting and looks the part of a prostitute, and sits down next to my buddy, and she's like, I'll suck your dick for $20. <laughs> and he's like, well, no, thank you. That's that's fine. But Thank, thank you for the offer. That's lovely. But, uh, thank you. But no, thank you. <laughs> and she looks at him and goes, how about two dollars? <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, honey, no, we, you, you don't go from twenty to two. Let me show you. You go from twenty, maybe to fifteen. Uh-huh. And we spent fifteen minutes teaching her how to haggle for blowjobs. Uh-huh. Um, and I hope she's done well for herself. Twenty dollars, um, I feel like, is starting out cheap. I, I wouldn't know what the marketing is for that, so I don't know. But it was, yeah, it was we, we sat there and we, we were very kind to a prostitute and taught her how to haggle for blowjobs. Okay. The more you know. The more you know. <laughs> Q, how do you feel about prostitutes haggling for blowjobs? So, my story, I'll tell it to be somewhat entertaining on this podcast. Um, so, I was 18. I was working at a Japanese steakhouse. And I was coming home, and at the time I used to smoke. I'm uh, three and a half years now, quit, which is awesome. Um, I, would, I will. I will say I love you too, but like in the first like ten years that I knew you, you tried to quit smoking like thirteen times. Yeah, that that is one thousand percent true. One thousand percent true. So so I'm now three and a half years. Um, but anyway, so I was trying to light a cigarette in the car, and I lit it backwards, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. So I pulled over into our local Dash In, which is you know Seven Eleven, Quickie Mart, you know whatever it is you want to call it. And we have Dash Ins out here. And um, just our, our local dash in. It's across the street from the theater that I work at, and you know, just right there in, in our little place. And so it was raining, and you know, so I had my window down because I was trying to smoke, and I realized that I lit my cigarette backwards straight out the window. And a woman walks up to my car and she goes, um, "Can you give me a ride?" And I was like, "Um, like, where are you going? Like, uh, I don't know." And she's like, "Oh, well, it's just it's just on the hill. It's just on the hill." And I was like, "Well." I guess so. Like, yeah, I can give you a ride. It's raining out. Like, I'm, I'm a good, I'm a good person. Oh, you're honey. a good Christian woman. So yeah, I'm a good Christian woman. And she gets in the car and Wait, she goes. Wait, hold on. Just out of curiosity, were you out of the closet at this point in time? Uh, oh. no, no, no okay. not until I was twenty. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, so she gets in the car and she just looks at me. And she goes, "It's a terrible night to be lonely." Can you lend us fifty-five dollars? I just like looked at it. I was like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> From station, I was like, "Oh, I know where Chevron is. I'll just go drop you off at the Chevron station, okay?" So, so we're so we're driving. She's like, "Well, can you lend us fifty-five dollars?" And I was like, "I was like, no, ma'am. I I can give you this ride though, like." <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll be happy to, to drop you off there. So she gets out of my car. I don't even, like, say goodbye. I reach behind her, slam the door, and peel off. I was like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> and I, you came back, like, at the end of the school year, and you're like, I'm like, hey, how's your summer? He goes, actually picked up a hooker. And I'm like, oh, I have to hear about this. <laughs> I drove immediately to my best friend's house, and I was like, oh, my God, I just picked up a hooker. But I didn't realize that I got to um, Melissa's house that I didn't, that I forgot to turn my lights back on. Because when I pulled into Dash and I turned my lights off, because, you know, I'm a responsible mm-hmm. person. And so I drove without my headlights on for, you know, like 10 minutes. So you, you, you were very... Likely in danger of getting pulled over yes, with a prostitute yeah, in your car. I could have gotten pulled over with a prostitute in my car. Oh my god, it was, 
Uh, anyway, and that's how I accidentally picked up a prostitute. People don't believe me when they say it was an accident, but I was just trying to be a good Christian person and g- giving her a ride to the Deluxe Inn. It's just down the hill. Uh, just down that hill. It's just down the hill. My favorite too is when you tell that story and you see you in person. When you're like, oh no, ma'am, like you suddenly have like the body language of like every Boy Scout you've ever met. <laughs> like, like, oh no, I am the best of person. No, ma'am, I don't know what you're talking about. You gotta sit up real straight. <laughs> and it's like, oh no, ma'am. I, I don't have any dollars. Needless to say, I also had made $100. Well, of course, nowadays, if you told a, a hooker you don't have any cash, she's like, oh, but I, I take square. Yeah. <laughs> We'll just stop by the checks for cash place. Checks for cash. So I have a sort of story, but it's not nearly as good as Q's. I should have gone before and let Q build up to it. Um, that was that was bad at planning on my part. So I apologize. This does not compete with Q's. But I was, uh, and this is not really a hooker story. This is a, a stripper story. This is the infamous story of the stripper flower. Um, so I was, uh, I was working with, uh, we were putting on a big project where I work. It's hard to tell the story being covert about where I work. Uh, but a lot of the, like one of the guys on the crew came up and goes, hey, $2 Newcastle's this place, you want to go? And I was like, sure, I'll go. And later do I find out that where the $2 Newcastle's are is the strip club called California Girls, um, which was before the Katy Perry tune, so it was named after the, the, the uh, Beach Boys song. So we go in there and it's like four guys, uh, plus myself, and then plus um, this one girl I work with uh, named, uh, we'll, we'll keep her name out of it. But so she goes and works and she she's straight, but we all, we're all wearing the same thing, which is basically like blue jeans, and like we look like we're in like a 1920s prison movie, right? And it's not flattering clothing, so she, like I love her, but she looked like a big old bull deck, like is what she looked like, right? So, um... But she's, she's about my old roommate, okay. Okay, so yeah, so we go in there, we're in the strip club, and it's the day before Halloween, right? Which is where I saw one of the most inappropriate costumes on one of the patrons, right? So there was this guy dressed as a priest, and he had um, the uh, he basically a stuffed little boy kneeling in front of him, attached to his costume, with the motor on it that would make the head go back and forth. And I was like, "Where outside of a strip club? Where do you wear that costume to? Like, where do you take that with you?" A, that was bizarre. B, the other thing that was end up being bizarre is that there was a girl dressed up as uh, the, car, the the video game with the big boobs. Um, uh, Laura Croft. Laura Croft. Uh, there was a girl dressed up like Laura Croft who looked a lot like a friend of mine's wife, and that was really awkward. Like, almost like spitting image, and I'm like, I, I can't look at her. Like, it's just, it was just too weird for me. Anyway, so this one stripper comes down, and the, 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 the other four guys that we're with are like old pros of the strip club, and they're tripping over themselves and having a damn good time. And I'm sitting there awkwardly being like, yeah, this is not my scene, man. Like, it's just not my thing. And I'm sitting there with this, this girl, and she kind of was like being like that, hey, I'm, I'm the cool girl going to the strip club with the boys, right? I'm, I'm, I'm one of the boys, it's cool, right? It was, a, and so we're sitting there awkwardly over in the corner, and this girl comes up and she was like, uh, here, do you have a, a couple bucks? And I'm like, and I didn't have any cash, I didn't go to a strip club, so I didn't have any cash, so I had like $2. So she gets $2 from me, and she gets uh, uh, like 2 or $3 from this other girl, and she was like, okay, fold them with me. And I'm like, what? And suddenly it becomes fucking arts and crafts time with this stripper. And so she teaches us how to fold bills into becoming a stripper flower, basically is what I started calling it. But it looks like a flower. It's like, it takes five uh, five single dollar bills with pink single thing. And I'll show you guys all afterwards how to do it. But then she puts it in the girl's Please hair. Please do. Yes, I will. I will teach you how to do it. <laughs> so she puts it in this girl in with hair and she has essentially marked her as a goal. So like this girl now has like every stripper just like working it for this one girl. Like, 
and she's a straight girl and she's like I, I don't want to see this like I don't and these girls are like just going to town trying to like it was like a prize it was like okay this is the goal you get that flower for the night and so those girls were all working for it like crazy and the guys were with like I'm sitting there being awkward the girl who has a stripper flower in her hair is being awkward and she's like I don't want to give it back this is cool I'm keeping this stripper flower I'm gonna, I'm and then the four guys we were with were just like super jealous and strange so the funny story ends up becoming I was dating this other girl um it might have been it was shortly after this and I, I don't I, I don't know if I was dating someone when I went to the strip club or not um, but she like she wanted to borrow like some cash for uh, to do laundry so I just as a joke because I told her the story I folded up the, flower, the stripper flower and left it on her bed and I was like hopefully she gets to this as a joke and I walked out with this might have been a bad idea and then she was actually really like I got a stripper flower like she thought it was awesome um, <laughs> yeah so anyway like I said I apologize it's not nearly as good as Q's story um also, weird side note, I don't know if this has happened to you, but being in Salt Lake, sorry, I'm pointing at Todd for those of you who are listening, which is everyone who's not in this room. Yes, because the yeah. is such a great <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, hey, you, you that guy over there. So, there is a strip club in Salt Lake called Northern Exposure. Mm-hmm. No matter how uptight Mormon the girl that would take on a date, if you drove past that, they all made the same joke. They would all say, oh, pull oh, over, I need to go pick up my chick. Check. Absolutely. That happened to you too, right? I don't know what it is with Mormon girls joking that they work at a strip club, but like they all did it, like every single one of them. It was very strange. See, we would just go to trails and get titty steaks. Titty steaks? (laughs) You've gotten titty steaks, right? Mm -mm. (laughs) Oh, no. So every single Friday at trails, the one, the nice gentleman's club down on like six and off, six south, uh, it's for five dollars. You get a steak and a baked potato. Now, if you're if you're a man of my proclivities, <laughs> you can walk in and spend five dollars, yeah. get a titty steak, and leave. Yeah. Mm. Other men go in and they just spend a lot more than five dollars on that titty steak. <laughs> but titty steaks are delicious. I, I had a very I've still never had a really good conversation, but I've I've had like some heated discussions about the economics of strippers, as to who is the like the the customer versus the the provider of services. Where the economic, like, it, it, it's a long, weird, moral story that we're not going to get into on this, because this is... Well, it all goes to their colleges. Yeah, it does. That's oh, right. my God. So, <laughs> hey, t- uh, Q, do you remember Brent? Yes. So, did I ever tell you a story about when I went with him to a strip club? <laughs> no. These are the only two strip club stories I have. Uh, but our friend Brent was... Love you, Jess. Um, oh, sh- she thinks it's funny. Um, but um, uh, she, uh, or, uh, so he was... He was a teacher, and one of his students was, which is a gay guy named Guy, who I think Q met, if I remember correctly. Didn't we talk about uh-huh. him last episode? Huh? Did we talk about that? So, did we talk about someone named Guy one time? I don't remember. Yeah, well, there was... there was story. Uh, no, but, uh, well, the, part of the story is, is there, I think I've told the story where, where Guy ended up being, he spotted um, the one other gay dude in the strip mm-hmm. club. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that's part yeah, of, yeah, that's what it was. That's part of the story. So, I, I'm now telling both stories. Um, uh, yes, I know that, Q, but I wasn't going to bring that up. Um... So anyway, um, uh, so uh, <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, so he guy lost a bet that uh, he would have to uh, and to pay off the bet he had to go get a strip club or go have to go to a strip club and get a dance. So the two problems with this were is that they were staying by Knott's Berry Farms in uh, in Southern California, and the second one was is they were in a state of Utah vehicle, so they only had a certain amount of mileage they could drive. Which meant that we couldn't really go to a good strip club. We had to go to one in Buena Park, California, right? And Guy was um, under 21, so we couldn't go to 
Um, a good strip club. <laughs> no, but well, it's it's weird and it's it, it's weird because we had to go to a non-alcoholic serving strip club, which meant in California they could be fully nude, which made it a little more awkward and a little bit more sad and weird. Uh, but so we go into the strip club and this girl, we walk into this group. This girl ends up spotting uh, them like right off the bat and starts talking to them, and I'm sitting there like on the end of the table. Like there's lots of. Me sitting at the end and then weird things happening and then eventually I get filled in. That's basically what this whole evening was. Sounds like a good time. Uh, it was okay. It was okay. Um, I, you know, I didn't get filled in in the way other people at this table probably did. Damn it! Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but our friend Brent is literally giving her advice on which classes to take in college, which I always thought was very funny. Um, so anyway, that being said, uh, we will leave this strip club stories behind for the time being and get into the book. Hugh, since I know you're such a big fan of this, would you like to uh, would you like to impart your opinions on us? It's more offended and feel stupider reading this book. Um, okay. I saw no real value of it. Um, I don't feel as though, um, you know, I I guess he was trying to be funny. Um, I, I, it just. Mm-hmm. It, uh, there. Uh, so, can I ask a question real fast? Yes. Was it the overall book, or were there specific elements of the book that you were offended by? It was the overall book. Okay. I'm like, are, 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 you, are, you, are you, like, kidding me with this? <laughs> like, just, just awful. I, 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 I think it's lazy storytelling. I think that it's um, just cheap shots for cheap shots' sake. Like, it just is... It's just crap. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, I'm, I know that you guys liked it and you thought it was funny, and um, I'm sure and, and you're that... questioning your friendship with us now. I get that. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not questioning my hey, friendship. Hey, and I are but... still married after he enjoyed Twilight. <laughs> I enjoyed the first movie. Yeah, but you weren't stuck watching that baby fucker in the last one. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that reference at all, but. You don't need to know that I reference. Okay. Go back to Geek Show about five years ago. Okay. I, I, I will say this. I think there is a very specific audience for this book. If you are open to crass humor um, and a relatively simple story that makes fun of superheroes, I think it's an entertaining afternoon. Is it going to change the world for the better? No. Is it going to change the world for the worse? Potentially. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... For me, it's kind of... I thought it was funny in a almost sort of like Kevin Smith sort of joke kind of way. Um, and I don't... Q, I don't remember... I don't think you... Have you ever been a fan of Kevin Smith stuff? I don't think you have. I mean, Kevin Kevin Smith's okay. I, I, I like Clerks. Yeah. Um, I like Chasing Amy. Um, but you're probably more appreciative of his dialogue rather than sense of humor, I would suspect. Well, I mean... Th- I... I, I and the thing is, I don't even—I don't even think that this is Kevin Smith. Like, I mm-hmm. think comparing them is offensive to Kevin Smith. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith is smarter than this. Um, it just—and and maybe it just hit me the wrong way. Like, I like I'm really just like, after we did Bitch Planet, let's do literally the worst. worst <laughs> thing. Okay. We waited two months. You did. Um, it, it just—just just no. Okay. See, for me, this is to put it in kind of more current pop culture I think if you went and saw the movie Sausage Party and laughed your ass off yeah you will enjoy this book yeah no and uh, have you seen Sausage Party 
No. So, okay, you actually, I think, I listened to your Big Shiny, or not Big Shiny, sorry, Bored as Hell uh, review of uh, Sausage Party, and you actually said there was some stuff that, like, horrified you a little bit in there. Oh, yeah, there's, there, it wasn't so much horrified, it just, it took me aback, and I was like, oh, oh, they're doing that. Yeah. Oh, my. And, uh, yeah, it was... Spoiler alert, there was, like, a big food orgy, like, you would not believe at the end, which I thought was hilarious. There's a talking <laughs> used condom. Oh, yeah, there's that, yeah. too. Like, there's, there's yeah. just a, there's a bunch of stuff, and I was like, oh, dear God, they actually went there. And yeah. It, it. My thing is, is, and this is just my philosophy, everyone's entitled to their own. Uh, I don't get offended at things, I just choose not to. Uh-huh. Something may happen that I might get upset about, I might get angry at, uh, and that's just my own way of looking at things, and especially with comedy, and I kind of hit the South Park route that there, there can be no holy cows or things you can't touch, because uh-huh. the moment you're like, hey, we can go, we can, we can tell you this, uh, you know, blonde joke, but I'm gonna tell you a gay joke, then that's crossing the line, because we should make fun of that. Then you become the bigot, the racist, the homophobe, everything else. Mm-hmm. Every other joke you've made, that's that that you can make. That's okay to make fun of because you actually believe that, and that's just my own personal opinion. Uh, this book, though, that I I had a lot of fun with it. And like I was, it was funny because uh, I borrowed my uh, Maya's copy, and he's like, "I want to be in the room when you read this because like, this is the most <laughs> like, this is the most offensive, horrible thing I've ever read." And in fact, on on the back cover, Gail Simone says, quote, this is the comic that Garth, Amanda, and Jimmy will be apologizing for in heaven <laughs> minutes before being sent directly to hell. Um, but I think the... I think Q would probably agree with that statement. He thinks they should probably be apologizing for it now, I would suspect. But the one thing I, I have to say for something, if something comes out of the gate and it's trying to be offensive to be to kind of make a statement and kind of turn everything on its head and be like, hey, this is why we're doing this, it's a lot different than someone like Donald Trump who comes out as offensive and doesn't know it. Or, or he's deliberately offensive because that's attracting offensive people to vote for Exactly. This, this one, I mean, is, is, is there a really strong message here? Not really, but it is kind of, like you said, it's making fun of, a, of the superhero genre. It's making fun of DC and Marvel. More more DC than Marvel. Um, yeah. And, and in the end, there is there is a good message that, you know, just because someone's a hooker and sucks dicks for a living doesn't mean they're a bad person. And, and doesn't mean they can't mm-hmm. necessarily do good. And they can't save the world. Yeah. So I, I, again, it was it was it was stupid. Uh, I I laughed when I thought I would. I laughed when I shouldn't have. <laughs> There's a wonderful, wonderful cum shot scene, which I don't say outside Tumblr very often. And, um, <laughs> No, I mean, and, and the scene where they're so there, there's a, it opens up where she's hooking up with a guy and he refuses to give her the money he pom- promises. So when she gets her powers, he goes over there. She goes over there, mm-hmm. finds him. Well, not just refuses the money, pulls a, pulls gun, a gun out on her and oh, starts yeah. shooting at yeah. her. Yeah. So and then she holds him down, rips his pants off, and says, "Hey, all the all the other ladies of the evening, come over here and you're gonna shove stuff up his ass." And there's just a whole half page. Oh of yeah. Them with a rolling pin to a. Two by four nails to an egg beater to a Christmas tree, a to bazooka, an elephant, a chainsaw, <laughs> a porcupine, a porcupine, yeah, uh, some really insane strap-ons. Yeah, we yeah. were talking about pegging earlier. So yeah, we're bringing it back. We'll get our jobs. <laughs> uh, so again, maybe again, like I said, how Sausage Party kind of spoke to the horny sixteen-year-old stoner and all of us. Maybe this spoke to just my inner sixteen-year-old South Park fan that thinks stupid things are funny. Yeah. Okay. The and Christmas it, tree was my favorite. Your favorite. <laughs> Eddie, what, what's your thought process? It's Christmas time. Visiting us I actually enjoyed this. I thought it was funny going back to Adam's, like, it brings out that stupid, dumb teen humor, boy humor mm-hmm. out in it. Um, also, it's like a, a 
a comic book reader and a geek, it's fun to see those Justice League tropes shown on their throne, yeah. where it's like the saint is like the Boy Scout. Yeah. Like just taking Superman to the extreme, the Batman and Robin characters. I mean, the Robin character, there's one panel where he's sticking out of like the Batman characters in yeah. between his legs and he's yeah. got like chain mail like yeah. hanging down. So they weren't quite the ambiguous Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the ambiguous gay duo. Um, I thought it was fun. Um, I Like Adam said, the end, you know, it proves that people can still care about other people and want to take care of them. And uh, I found Kick-Ass 2 way more offensive than I found this uh-huh. because that took this kind of humor and took it to a really, really dark, gritty, real place. And I found that way more offensive than anything I read in this. Okay. Cool, Todd, since you were the one who recommended this, I'm, I'm sure you have thoughts on it as well. Well, I do. <laughs> and Q, I'm, it's funny just <laughs> saying that, all right? Well, no, I mean, everyone is entitled to their own opinion. I don't, I don't necessarily think Q is wrong. Uh, no, you're not wrong, Q. But uh, when, you know, you're the sixth grader with your friend and you're saying fuck for the first time and think you're being edgy, <laughs> and then you go and you find a copy of Porky's that your parents had stashed <laughs> in the back corner and you watch that and you're like, what are they doing? Or my kids, you're like, I'm not interested. No. <laughs> well, there could be that. But it's one of those. It's um, In some ways, it throws me back to that point in time of you're seeing the stuff that can be seen as offensive and crude and dumb as it is, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But it's being there, putting it front and center, and it's still not wrong. I mean, it goes right in line. They say they're taking these superhero tropes and you're turning them on the end, you're making fun of it. I mean, you've got Wonder Woman that's praying to the Sappho princess, makes a comment about that. So, I mean, so she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. And you've got all these other things there, and <laughs> the I'm just staring at one pane, and um, the pro's mask is stuck in between the Wonder Woman-esque character's boobs, and getting it pulled off by the cleavage. <laughs> the you take a look at maybe not the uh, BVS edition, but you take a look at superhero movies here and stories, and even the comics. And it's all there that this one is looking at. They're just trying to be a bit more um, subdued about it or saying, oh, it's there for the guys looking for it. Um, with Comic-Con, someone was talking about what was interesting, the, I think it was the LGBTQ panel about the group of lesbian superheroes being normalized by the guys because you've got horny young teenage boys who think lesbians are awesome. Mm-hmm. And they're not even involved with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of not cool in its own way. And I get that. It's just, this brings everything to the front. And like Sausage Party, some of it's kind of horrifying looking. And it's good that it's horrifying. And it's getting this visceral reaction out of you. And it's a very visceral book. And you look at it, and people say, oh, this thing is just one big sexist piece of schlock. And yeah... Garthiness is the writer, but you take a look at the artist Connor and whatnot, and she she drew it. So, and you imagine there was a lot of collaboration there, and you've got the main character of the pro, and it shows her doing a job. And there's one point she's like, everyone hates their job; it's just part of the job. You just mm-hmm. deal with it. 
And she goes home and she's trying to feed her kid and it shows her so worn out just going to the restroom while trying to feed her small infant child at the same time. And it is a lot of shit in her life and she's just put up with everything and she's just tired of it. Says, let me do my job. I'm going to do what I want, what I like. And just leave me the fuck alone. Mm-hmm. And if you guys don't like it, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Okay. And that's really her main character. I mean, and so... And, and she's the, the same way when she meets, like, the... Yeah, she, do, she doesn't change when she gets superpowers. She, she doesn't, doesn't change. No, she doesn't change. She superpowers. She doesn't change, she but she calls, she calls all the other superheroes out on their bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, and she does a wonderful time with that, is she really is the constant, and she does sacrifice herself at the end for everyone else mm-hmm. um, with the way it is set up. So she is as bottom of society as traditionally seen member the save society. Mm-hmm. It was funny and crude and hilarious all at the same time. And yet she's a great character. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think there's not a lot more profound to say about this. So, um, I don't necessarily have a book prepared for next... Well, actually, we'll do recommendations. Do we have any recommendations? Did you come up with one? Yes. Um, so, okay. I, when you were talking about Cowboy Bebop in the last episode, I remembered that I... Um, came across my first um, anime that I um, really liked. Uh, so it, when I watched it on TV, it was called The Ronin Warriors, but now it's like some kind of super samurai, whatever, troopers or something. I guess that's what mm-hmm. it was called in Japan. Um, I loved that show so much growing up, and I remember uh, we just so happened... So back in my day, um, <laughs> we had... Like five channels, um, one of them which uh, eventually became UPN, which then became the CW. Um, mm-hmm. We, me and my brothers, were home after school one day, and we were just flipping through the channels to see what cartoons were on, and we came across the first episode of the Ronin Warriors, and it's, uh, you know, your pretty basic premise of you know any kind of superhero type anime show. There's five teenagers um, who get these mystical armors. Everyone has their own color. Everyone has their own weapon. Um, Everyone is uh, uh, element-based. And it's really just fun, and they're trying to stop the Dark Lord, who has his guys who have their um, you know, their specialties and their weapons and their armors, and it's just lots lots of fun thing, so um, I recently purchased it, and I'm really excited to start watching it again. Cool. Uh, you have recommendations, Adam? Yeah, actually, I uh, I totally forgot about this, and then got the email the other day that, oh, your order has shipped, and I was like, ooh, what order shipped? Mm-hmm. Was this Drunk Presents from me? Uh-huh. Um, or Presents from Drunk Me? No, uh, The Iron Giant finally came out on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was uh, Brad Bird's one of his earlier movies he did before he started doing more stuff with Disney and, and Pixar and everything. Um... I have a couple of friends who have not seen it. It slipped through the cracks, but uh, one of them, I love you, but you're a snob, uh, wouldn't watch <laughs> it until it came out on Blu-ray because DVD just wasn't good enough. I'm like, it's an animated movie. Yeah. But if you've not seen The Iron Giant, it is absolutely one of the most fantastic movies of all time. It's one of my favorite animated movies. They did a special edition in theaters about a year ago, so I'm surprised it took this long for them to uh, finally come out with it. Um, as of, well, as of this point in time, in real life, when we're recording, it's on its way. By the time you hear this, it will have been released. So I've heard there's some extra, couple extra scenes added in, some you know, commentaries behind the scenes, featurettes. Uh, but if you want to see a movie that, if you do not cry at the end of this movie, you are not a human, <laughs> and you are possibly one of our alien. 
Okay. So, if that's the case, then you might be one of our alien overlords who uh, kidnapped Todd. Yeah. How's your ass, by the way? We haven't heard about that. Greasy. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of greasy, there's a movie called The Greasy Strangler coming out. Don't go see it. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it's fantastic. It's one of the best movies I've ever seen. And uh, if you want that really cool collector's edition that you can get uh, from pretty much any place that sells DVD movies and stuff like that, but... Um, if you don't want to see it, go buy it. It's just, just buy it. You'll watch it over and over again, and your kids will cry their eyes out and hate you for it. Okay. It really was one of Vin Diesel's most emotional roles. Oh, yeah. That's, and he does a great job. That's why when everyone was like, oh, my God, Vin Diesel is going to be Groot. I'm like, did you see the Iron Giant? He'll be great. Yeah. Don't, just calm, calm the hug down. You'll be fine. Mm. So. Talk yeah. go. So I've got another one in queue. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly. Um. This is from the Vertigo Crime Imprint. It didn't last all that terribly long, but it's really good. It's a hard-boiled novel. Well, hard-boiled graphic novel. It's written by Andy Diggle, which has done... Andy does some really great stuff in the past. Uh, but the idea is the... Um, in the Witness Protection Agency, there's this legend of this rat catcher who's just killing mob informants. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, he doesn't really exist. And it takes place in West Texas, El Paso area. And it's someone trying to, there's no superpowers. There's nothing of the super anything. It's just people behaving badly. And it's black and white. It's drawn beautifully. Um, it was drawn by Victor Ibanez. And it's a, just a gritty hard boiled story. It like belongs on an episode of The Shield or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. But great little story called Rat Catcher. Um, Andy Diggle is the author again, Vertigo Crime Imprint. If you can find it, good luck. But it's good. Diggle's a cool last name. It is. This guy's good stuff. Eddie, do you have anything to recommend? Are you good? I'm good. Okay. We kind of threw him on at the last minute, so we hold him no, not responsible for anything. Eddie recommends the Power Rangers trailer that he hopes will have dropped between now and then. I'm sure he's a huge fan of it. Um, I'm going to recommend, uh, actually, I was not aware of this until I came home and my mom made me watch it late at night. Uh, it's a show called Better Late Than Never, um, which uh, is for elderly, famous people. It's, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, it is Henry Winkler, who was the Fonz. It's Captain Kirk, a.k.a. Uh, Cranky Shatner. Um, it's Terry Bradshaw, football star, and it is... Uh, George Foreman, Lean Mean, Fat Grill, and Machine. Um, and they basically all, oh, and they have like a, a younger uh, former comedian uh, host, and they go to, um, they go basically go around Asia. And uh, it's fun, it's cut really well, it's very funny. Um, it's it's kind of, it's it's one of those fun for all ages, which is definitely not what this book is. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a it's just a, a fun little kind of romp. It's, they're very entertaining, they're very funny, it's kind of fun to watch them. Kind of uh, just kind of old old men being goofy and weird. Um, so yeah, so that's what I got. Um, I we don't have a book ready for next week yet. Um, we're heading into October. Our game plan is that we'll clue you in on a little behind the scenes. Our game plan is to try to do four somewhat Halloween themed stuff. I know Q does not like horror comics, so we're gonna try to limit the amount of actual true horror comics that we do. Um, I have a few ideas. Only if you want me to sleep at night. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, my, my thought process is we'll, we'll stick around with stuff like that that might be magic oriented or you know stuff like that. Um, one book uh, that I've already recommended that I think we probably should do is called um, uh, Paper Girls. Um, yeah, Todd's holding up a book in front of me. I can tell you right now, he would not want to read that. Um, but Paper Girls is fun. It kind of has a 
a similar vibe. If it's a, if you like uh, Stranger Things, uh, Paper Girls is probably a fun book for you. It's a. Uh, um, <laughs> Uh, four girls um, who are uh, doing paper routes um, the day before Halloween and some weird things are afoot. Um, unfortunately, I like that book. I'm almost a little afraid that uh, uh, it's sort of like Exo Man of War was. It's just beginning of a series and it might not pay off as well. But we will find some uh, fun halloween as stuff. Not necessarily always... Uh, oh, Severed is also on our list, which I'm sure Q will hate. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> It's it's Scott Snyder at his best, and it's like Hitchcock. So uh, Todd has an Edgar Allan Poe book that looks interesting. Um, but yeah, so we'll try to find uh, some uh, some some Halloween fun uh, that even Q will approve of. But I think Q, I might have to have like at least one actual horror book. Uh, and if you want to bow out or just you know plagiarize, I'll be sick that week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if that happens, that happens, and that's fine. Uh, we'll we'll kidnap somebody else into it. But. So if that conversation existed online, then great. If not, I'll we'll cut it out. But uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Eddie, for joining us on our very special... Thank you, know, you guys for having me. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, Eddie. Now he, now he knows what his husband <laughs> is listening to when he's laughing hysterically, cute, being cranky, and upset about something. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, check our, uh, our social medias and our website for what book we're reading next if you want to read along with us. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. Uh, and, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your, you know, local dog catcher um, about our lovely little show. And, and uh, tell your, your local pro at the corner of 21st and State. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So where can you find us? Uh, find it, well, I, yeah, funnybooksandfirewater.com and on Instagram and Facebook and Tumblr and uh, Grinder and uh, Twitter. Did I miss any of them? We're really going to have to make a Grinder account, aren't we? Yes. I feel like we might have to, although I took it out of the... <laughs> I hope you like our new theme song, by the way. I made that so I wouldn't have to keep remembering all the stuff. <laughs> so I made a theme song. So I might make a post-out theme song that has all the other stuff on it as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm producing more so that I have to remember less. Uh, so anyway, thank you for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as Funny Books and Firewater, and on Twitter as at FirewaterCast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop. Tip your bartender well. And stay hydrated.